Now they've got another shorthanded rush. Stone is in, stops, scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Over to the right side, sixth attacker is on. Carlson to the left, Petrangelo shoots wide, rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson ties the game. 4-4 with a minute 35 to play. Power play goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Get into it. We're going to play you some sound from yesterday's post-game media session with Bruce Cassidy where he was hot and he was frustrated and he was disappointed. I think that's the worst thing that you can do. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Uh, that sounded like what he was a couple of games ago. Yesterday, he was just darn right frustrated uh, with what happened. When you follow through what's happened in the last four games, you had the L.A. game, needed more, wanted more, expected more. Uh, then you had a really good bounce-back game, followed up by Edmonton, which was closer than we think because of yesterday. Yesterday was a fall-off, and you've dropped three of the last four, uh, and you're below 500 through the first five games of this seven-game homestand, and you're trying to find some positiveness. Today's a day off. Step away, come back tomorrow, practice, be ready for Detroit, and then finish it off uh, against the Washington Capitals on Saturday before going on a four-game road trip before your bye week. There is a really good break ahead. Uh, Just because the schedule is easier... And I fall into this trap. The schedule is more spaced out now. You think it should transition into wins. But you're so bagged from the previous schedule that you're having trouble catching up. I think there might be a little bit of that. But I did uh, want more energy all the way around yesterday. Here's the positive part. Against Edmonton, I didn't mind the, the performance defensively. Uh, I, I know that Leon Dreisaitl scored a couple. Uh, one was on a two-on-one. But they, a lot of the the mistakes that Vegas made ended up in the back of their net. And it was Edmonton capitalized on all, all the good good chances. They didn't give up a ton uh, against the Edmonton Oilers. Two two-on-ones and then that crazy uh, whack uh, baseball swing by, by Dreisaitl. Uh, the, the, the jumps out. In, but other than that, there wasn't. They did a nice job. Uh, yesterday, they didn't give up a lot, a ton. And the Jamie Ben, the winning goal at the start, was on the fringe of being a scoring chance. And it came off a turnover. That's self-made. Uh, put yourself in a bad spot. But he's on the top of the circle. He's going against screen. That's a tougher save for a goaltender, but he's, uh, he's well out. And then two goals off your own guy. Like If you can generate a little bit, that game turns around. Defensively against L.A., didn't give up a lot. I think they're in one of their better stretches defending mm-hmm. right now than we saw earlier in the season when they were winning these hockey games. So I don't disagree with you in that I feel the Golden Knights as a whole have defended better, but you you talk about the L.A. game, five goals. You talk about the Edmonton Oilers game, four goals, and last yesterday's game, four goals. Like, if you're defending well enough, you're not giving up a lot of chances. How are you finding yourself in a position where you're allowing four, four? I'll and tell four you right now. Each here, of those here it is. Uh, LA goaltender wasn't on his game. Goalie okay. change. Uh, it's only happened once all year to him. 
that's mm-hmm. uh, cutting some slack there. Uh, I, I give him a pass on that. But that that's why you had had a big uh, number with goals against. Against Edmonton, you had a couple of ill-advised plays, and Edmonton jumped on you. But as far as overwhelming chances against, they didn't give up a lot. They cashed in a couple of times, a couple of two-on-ones where the shot, would I like them to play differently? Yes. Can you defend that uh, uh, with the goaltender and the defenseman uh, or the, up top with with the pinch? Absolutely. Do you have to give up that play? No, not a chance that you have to give up that, uh, that opportunity against you. But Edmonton cashed in almost all of their chances outside of that crazy save uh, that that Logan made off Connor McDavid and it was Alec Martinez that batted the puck out and then Warren Fogle had a, had a chance earlier. Uh, I, I that's that's why they got to four was they they cashed in. You'd like them not to cash in, but the, you weren't swarmed in that game. Uh, you did a, an okay job defending in that game. And yesterday uh, you, you gave up four. Three with the goalie in, two were off your own guy, and and one was the first period off a turnover. And when you go back and look at, okay, uh, two were off your your own player, and one was off a turnover. So those are uh, self-made issues against that you're causing uh, in in that game. Uh, You go back to the Edmonton game, uh, two pinches where you didn't have support uh, to, to fall back on. Uh, there's two goals uh, out of those those four, and then you had the uh, the. I'll talk about the dry side of that. That's a good goal, uh, and and then prior to it was was the goaltender. A lot of those goals against in that last three game stretch are on yourself, which I think are correctable. And there wasn't a lot of chances beyond that. So that's why that's my positive part of it. And I think there's really something there. That's not just pie in the sky, positivity alley. There's there's legitimacy there. At the other end, they're getting nothing right now. Yeah. And, and they got to yeah. find a way to, to generate something. Because if you're playing this good defensively, the opportunity is there to win these hockey games. Well, that's going to have to be the, the way the Golden Knights continue to go about it. it, it we've, we've talked about at times throughout this season where they have been really, really good at limiting offensive chances against. And when they're getting the saves they're supposed to get, they give themselves a chance to win. And right now with injuries, right. And and with kind of the uncertainty of what the golden Knights are going to look like over the next couple of games, they're really going to have to buy in 100% on the defensive side of the puck and limiting chances against. So let's get to Bruce Cassidy. A couple of clips that I want people to hear if you weren't listening to the radio after the game yesterday or watching the post-game show on the television side where both sides carry uh, Bruce Cassidy's uh, post-game media conference. This is on the execution and how the coaches get the team prepared, but once they step on the ice, it's up to the athletes. I mean, leadership starts at the top. It's up to me to get the players ready to play. But when the puck drops, I mean, I've said this before, effort and execution falls on the player. I mean, they're the ones on the ice. Our effort wasn't good enough. And we talked about the first goal. The execution was was poor for lack, you know, and let's call it what it was. It was freaking poor. And now we're all of a sudden we're chasing, chasing the game. So, um, and you'd hope the leaders in the room would step up between periods. I have to go in there sometimes. Absolutely my job, but it can't be all the time. Um, and, and hold guys accountable for at least an effort level. Like I said, no one wins 82 games a year, uh, but we, we need better here at home. We got you know a great. I'm learning this. You know, terrific fans are here supporting us every night. And we have to play better in front. Of them. We, we have to put out a better effort, and uh, you know that'll be our goal. Obviously on Thursday to, to bounce back in that area. And 
hopefully that's a start. You know, maybe the, the execution comes, you know, with that as well. You lose some players out of the lineup, your execution is going to drop off when you lose good players. I understand that. So are the players, but the effort shouldn't. Sometimes I think Bruce and I are separated at birth. Like, I'm a twin. Really? And I wonder, was there three of us? Are, are, are Bruce and I really buddies and brothers? Why is that? We're, because I hear him say, frickin'? And it takes me a while to get to frickin' when, when I'm talking and, uh, and I'm about to toss a tantrum. And I might be around <laughs> my kids. And it takes me a while to build up the frickin'. But once I get there, it's, that's a big step. And I think that was a big step for Bruce yesterday. There is some buildup to get to that. And, and it, with me, it goes beyond that. Like once, once frickin's there, then uh, the other one's coming. It's almost a guarantee that the other one's coming. He did, he did a, a better job on, on that. Uh, as far as the effort, and he related to this, the, there's a certain level in professional hockey and the highest league in the world, and it wasn't there yesterday. Not, not an NHL effort tonight. Not from our group. Um, I think eventually we got to our game and, and try, you know we wanted to we wanted to start competing, but you know now they've got they've got the lead and got things going their way. So remember, I said frickin', and then there's the one after that when he says not NHL effort. That's the other one. It just sure. it's it's not phrased as profanity. That that means and jumps out more than the profanity when he says not NHL effort. Yeah, I, I think for the players, right? Like they, they, they wear that. They they own that. And you know, for Bruce it's it's one of those things where I I think you're always going to get honesty. You're always going to get a, a candid critique of his team and um those were as pointed uh, comments as, as we've heard all season long from Bruce Cassidy toward his team and, and what they need to do better going into Thursday night. Dog days. Actually, I uh, asked this. Is it the dog days of the season? Is that what we're seeing over the last little bit? Or does it require a wake-up call? It's too early for wake-up call games, I think. Uh, we... we... We lost LA and we were horrible. You know that should have been a wake-up call. We should be we should be ready to go and better. So clearly something's crept into our game here. Some malaise, whatever you want to call it, that we have to get out of our game and work your way through it. And that's just part of it. And I don't know if there's the mental part of here we go again with the injuries because I wasn't here last year, but I do know there was a lot of injuries. But I mean, you got to be mentally tougher if that's the case. You got to pull through. You don't want a repeat of last year. You want to be able to play your way through it, work your way through it. And come out the other side, you know, in better shape in terms of you know your your mental part of the game. So that's an area we have to drill down on. I'm not saying that is in some guys' heads. I, I can't speak for them, but you know we have to get back to our game and understand that every team goes through a certain level of adversity, adversity being injuries or bad breaks or whatever, and you play your way out of it. So Thursday will be that opportunity. Yeah, the last three games: Mark Stone, Alec Martinez, Will Carrier. You lost three mm-hmm. veterans in three games in a row. It's easy to look at that and go, this happening again? We, yeah. we just had 10 guys out in the Colorado game, managed to uh, come out on top of that game, and we got four guys back in back-to-back to start this homestand. Things were going in the right direction. What's happened in the, in the last three games? And I can see how players would, for a second, look at that. But what Bruce said in the middle of that comment was, I wasn't here last year, but they were 
they looked at this and saw it go sideways last year. I'm paraphrasing. They saw it go sideways mm-hmm. last year. The opportunity and the experience from going through that is to make sure it doesn't happen again. And are you better able to handle that adversity having been through it once? You should be. Now, mm-hmm. it's easy to feel sorry for yourself and be feel sorry for the team. I wouldn't begrudge anybody for that, but you've already been through it once. You know what's around the corner when you lose three players in three games. Uh, Can you do a better job? And some of this, quite honestly, falls down the lineup. Vegas has Marcia Smith, Carlson, Stevenson, Eichel. They're all still available. But you need support. From, from other guys, and not just Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar. You need support from the guys that have that have been called up. Uh, that's a lot on Byron Frase, but he's an NHL guy. He's in the system uh, in the organization because you can plop him in and, and, and do things at the National Hockey League level if you need him, not just produce at the American Hockey League level. Uh, you, you have uh, players, uh, Rombier, uh, who, who you hope they can take that next step. Some of those players, you need production from, like you're getting, with Korzak. Like you got mm-hmm. from Pahal. So that there's there's some fill-in there. It's not as easy, but you do need some of that from lower in your lineup, guys that have been called up to to do more than just hold on to a spot until everybody gets healthy. Well, it's twofold, right? You you need your secondary guys to to come through and chip in here and there, and that's when you're talking about the Byron phrases of the world or the Jonas Ronbergs of the world, probably um, more Jonas because he's been up and and played more games so far this season for the Vegas Golden Knights. But um, I would make the argument that that if you're going to look at that, you're you're also going to have to look at your your you're going to have to look at your next best player. Jack Eichel needs to be better. He, he he wasn't particularly good against the Edmonton Oilers, and he he wasn't great against the Dallas Stars. Like you need more out of Jack Eichel. You're going to need more out of Chandler Stevenson, and you need more out of the Misfits. Like we we talked about, kind of the the scoring slump that that Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault have been in of late. If the Golden Knights are going to hold on, if they're going to to change the trajectory and not have, you know grab this by the horns and not allow it to to kind of devolve into what happened last year you're going to need everybody stepping up you're going to need your best players your your talented players to step up and you're going to need your support players to step up too and they're still a long way from last year i don't oh, want to hear i don't want to hear about it until it starts to really put them in a in a bind they're still a first place team it's not perfect right now it's not anywhere close to what they wanted to be on this homestand. They wanted to have a dominant record coming out of this seven-game stretch at home, the longest stretch at T-Mobile Arena. It hasn't happened. Uh, But they're still the top seed in the Pacific Division. Get it turned around. And and that's on on everybody. Um, You mentioned Eichel. Some things that, that worry me about top players is that idea that they try and do more uh, to to carry the team, which he did uh, against Pittsburgh. That that gets concerning because you take uh, you you lose other guys when when they're rolling with Stone and Stevenson, like they're they're all rolling rolling together, 
And I know why why Jack would want to do it. I know why Chandler would want to make a rush and, and do it uh, because they're trying to be the leaders of the team. They they want to take them and put it on their back and score the goal that's going to turn this thing around and, and vault them in the right direction and put a bunch of good vibes in it. It's very natural to do. Uh, the, the hardest thing in that situation is to take a step back and be calmer. Now, Jack can do that, but it's almost like at times Jack slows the game down so much that it takes away his one of his great weapons, which is speed. So he, it, right now he's, he's caught in between a little bit. Uh, finding that, that magic with Chandler, I, I think, is great. And Chandler was, was outstanding last year without Mark Stone. So it's there. Mm. Uh, hopefully this is just a, a, a bit of a speed bump. I say hopefully it's just a bit of a speed bump. Uh, and, and I'm optimistic it, it is. But it's not fun uh, to go through. Like We got, we got a low-ride car, uh, and, and it's, it's souped up. Those speed bumps are not fun to go over. With with those cars, no. uh, you got to no, go really slow, and you got to make sure we're not hurting the undercarriage. They're, we're not talking the chapstang here, where we got four or five inches of clearance. We're right on the edge with this uh, with this uh, hot rod that that we're working uh, on right now. So uh, hopefully we can we can get past this speed bump and then floor it. By the way, the, shift, I mean, the shifters on this thing right in the right in the uh, on the steering wheel. We don't even have to use the clutch anymore. That's the best part about this this car. We're just rolling. Those are fun cars wow. to drive. Although I, I've got a stick shift that I'm teaching my daughter how to drive right now, and uh, and I, I like to to get out in that thing. Don't don't take it out very often, but it's a lot of fun uh, to 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 drive with the clutch and everything. You don't see a lot of them anymore. You strike me as a guy who would be very very difficult to learn to drive from. Like I could imagine your yeah, daughter getting 100%. very very frustrated with you. Hundred percent. Actually, I'm really good. Yeah, this might surprise you, but uh, and it actually surprises me because I have to, I have to get myself in the right spot. It's got to be a planned activity. Uh, when we go to and from our activities, and we take the the standard out, uh, she does all the shifting from her side, and she, so she gets in the rhythm there. But when we go driving uh, in the summer, we drive all over the back roads of PEI. Nice. I shouldn't admit that, but she she does uh, all all the driving. As she, as she takes her, as she she's she's about to get her learners there. We we that illegally, but uh, we're in the back roads. I, I uh, hope the Royal Canadian Mounted Police of of PEI are listening to this right now because they're they're like, so we're I. finally going to get that Millard guy. Chapman, you know what to do. Clip this and just and, send yeah. it and, and tag Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Hundred yes, percent. RCMP <laughs> Summerside Detachment. Come and get me. You know, the, the worst part about learning to drive a standard, though, is when you're first learning, and I don't know how many hills there are in PEI, but when you're There's on enough. a hill yeah. or, oh, yeah. or an overpass and you're yeah. waiting at the light, oh, that's the worst. But you're using the brake, right? Yeah. Oh, you better. <laughs> you better be. Or you're using the car's front bumper I, behind you. I, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a segment right now. Over. People listening have no idea what we're talking about. No idea the challenge of driving a standard. I learned. I learned to drive a stick. That yeah, was so my I. first car was a stick. So, yeah. so I learned. I had no choice. It was either walk or learn to drive. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> my old man paid for one lesson for me. He's like, I don't have the patience to teach you. No, it's, and and my kids still got to go through the whole whole process as well. But, uh, but we we got that low ride car. We're going over a speed bump. Metallic I paint. I, I, I don't want. Flashy. I don't want to scrape that front spoiler. Oh, on that oh. thing. So we're gonna go slow. Little John would be very, very upset with you if you, you're if you right scratch the lower rider. 
We needed some shots yesterday, didn't we? We did. We should have shots at the press conference the odd day. Can you imagine you? Imagine if you get a shot for every question you ask. Oh, my God. Who would, who would lead the media in questions if you gave a shot oh, for man. every question asked? I, Ooh, I, that's I, a I, good question. I don't think. Adam Hill? No, no. I want. I want to say that not Ben Golds. No, but do no. Do you think he's a closet like? No. One, two, three, shot. No, no, no. I, I no, think. I, I think. I, I. I feel like maybe Gosher would would kind of. No, Gosher's not in the in in, the, in those. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, talking so, post game pressers. Oh, post game. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to be there to qualify. Uh, it's it's not know. Willie because Willie Willie's too dialed in. Willie's the health yeah. like that that whole yeah. junk Maybe, with the health I, stuff. I I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm 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 a big fan of tequila shots. So. Let's do it. Yeah. Chris Pro- Chapman, Pro- Fox Sports, Las Vegas. After a few, I'd be asking uh, Bruce some some really bad questions. So don't want to do that. That would be getting entertaining. Oh. Uh, let me continue. We got one timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Stay with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. We have our game rating from yesterday's game against the Dallas Stars. Uh, I'm not even going to consider. Uh, do you want to lump the two of them together? Or just do yesterday? We'll just do yesterday. Okay. I feel like too much time has passed since the Oilers game. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, let's go with Chapman. What do you think about yesterday's game? Well, I think it's quite possibly the worst game they've played all season. So there's zero debate in my mind. I don't need to harp on it. It's a one. All right. It's a uh, pacer. Pacer. AMC pacer. Gremlin. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Does a gremlin make a noise? No, not a roar. Roar. Oh, no, not, like, it's not even close dun, to dun, a roar. Dun, 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 dun. It's the one. It's not gizmo. It's not gizmo. Chapman, it's it's Chapman. the bad gremlins. Gizmo was cool. Chapman, it was cute. You, no, it's a gremlin the car. That, I know. What's that? Do that roar one more time, please. Roar. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, there'll be a promo made up for that because he only does promos <laughs> for himself. No, that's that, that so gone. bad. When was the last time you did a promo that didn't involve you? Uh, a lot of them. I have one from Jack Eichel. When was the last time you did one that wasn't let, about let, you? Let me let me pull up the promos that I have in here. All Let's right. see. As as we wait, Wallace, give me your rating. Yeah, it's an AMC Pacer. It's a one out of five. All right, I'm with you. AMC Pacer, uh, one out of five. And is it up to the players? to get the fans involved or the fans to get the players involved. Because when you talk about great atmospheres, you're talking about the fans and the in-game entertainment. And mm-hmm. a couple of people were like, well, you can't blame the fans. Nobody was blaming the fans, but they do go hand-in-hand hand between the players and and the, the people in the building trying to create an atmosphere. And it was just one of those... Maybe it was the rain yesterday. I don't know. But it was, right from the very start, there wasn't much of a vibe in, in the place. Well, I mean, I that's a really interesting question and, and a tough one for me to answer. I thought that the energy was fine on Monday. It wasn't as electric as it was on Saturday night against the Edmonton Oilers. Like, that was an electric building. That was a fun environment for sure. And I thought that uh, the Golden Knights were going to be able to feed off of that. And then they were down 2 nothing two minutes into the game. Um, I think that, you know, the fans come to the game kind of expecting that the the team's going to play well. And I don't know that I really have a hard time being upset or 
not necessarily blaming the fans, but I don't have a hard time with the fans kind of losing interest in that game yesterday because I felt like it was an easy game to lose interest in. You, You didn't have anything there to kind of bring them back and at some point you need the players to come through with a big shift or or a key moment or or whatever and there were a couple of spots there late in the first period when the Golden Knights pushed I thought the fans responded they were pretty good but then you know Vegas comes out and is outshot seven to one and gives up a goal in the first you know seven minutes eight minutes of the second period so uh, nothing was really sustained for the fan get into the game the way you'd like them to. The best stretches were the final five minutes of the first, final five minutes of the second, uh, mm-hmm. and beyond that, it, it was it was it was tough. I I had a great game yesterday. Uh, Gary was good, but I I had a great game yesterday, and I'm thinking if I can have a great game when there's not much buzz around, I'm really good at, at what I do. So I, I was impressed by my own performance. You know, in all seriousness, in the old days, you used to have somebody come out and run somebody, or take a cheap shot at somebody. And not saying that you should have done that yesterday or I missed that, but mm-hmm. there is there was a place for that to get a team going. Well, I mean, you, you, you were maybe hoping for a Keegan Colasar fight, right? And and I think that that's kind of been the, or the anybody. thing yeah. of late. Or anybody, yeah, sure. But Keegan's been the guy that is, has really taken that role on and has found a way within certain pockets of the game. Things aren't going right in Colorado, gets into a big fight, all of a sudden the Golden Knights get some momentum from that. Um, you saw the big hit that he had uh, on Leon Dreisaitl and then follows it up with a goal on that same shift. Those are the types of things that you were kind of hoping for. Maybe Actually means more when, when somebody outside of that area drops the gloves and gets going or, or sure, d- gets it does, a cheap shot it, because it's like out of character. You're like, okay, now we're into it. Let's go. Um, it, and again, that's, that's easy for me to say I'm not playing. And if you don't have that, in you, then uh, I don't. Uh, I don't expect you to go out and do it. But I'm just saying the difference in, in generations is in the past. Somebody when I went out and physically manufactured that. And I think that there's room for it. Um, it just didn't happen yesterday. There, there, there wasn't any pushback there from the Golden Knights yesterday, and, and it was top to bottom everybody. So we've got uh, that going for us. We want the Golden Knights to turn the corner, and we're sending all the positive vibes on Thursday. And I think you might see some of what we just talked about maybe spill over to the early going. You don't want to take a penalty. You don't want the instigator, all that kind of stuff. But I think you might see a little bit of that jam out of the gate on Thursday. I thought we might see not to that level yesterday, but I'm really uh, anticipating the first five minutes against the uh, Detroit Red Wings on Thursday. Well, let's get into our one-timers. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Let's start with the promos. When was the last time you did a promo that didn't involve you? Okay, so I'm looking All at right. the promos now. Yep. There, there's one that says we should be compensated. That's you. And me. Yeah, like I said, me, you. Sorry, you and I. Yeah. Talking about how. So that involves you, so that one doesn't count. We have one talking. Eichel talks about uh, he, how he likes Home Alone. Okay, so that doesn't involve you? Nope. Nope. Ryan, 
makes a joke about JT Miller and uh, what would happen if the Vancouver Canucks were to draft Connor Bedard, how they would not have the money to sign him. <laughs> so he pats himself on the back. And then oh, there, I love that joke. There's there's one about the clink. Which is you. Well, you're So two of the four. Well, no, but, but they're not all about me. I mean, you 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 were the guy who brought up the clink. And, yeah, I'm going to send you to the clink. Well, that's, Again, that's one of our promos. Two of the four <laughs> involved Chapman. My rest, my case. So let's move on. <laughs> Next on the docket. Uh, on the subject of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, they, they held a news conference yesterday that was wide-ranging with uh, President of Hockey Operations, Jimmy Rutherford. Uh, Tanner Pearson is out. Uh, he had hand surgery, and then it was revealed by Quinn Hughes, who said, uh, people aren't happy, it wasn't handled properly, uh, and everyone's like, whoa, what? Uh, people are upset about this? And they launched an investigation, the team did, into the surgery, and they say it was all handled uh, above board, and there was no uh, malpractice or no mishandling of the surgery uh, by the, uh, the those involved uh, inside the operating room. Uh, he's not going to be back for a while. He's had multiple surgeries now, including one, uh, I'm told, this week. Uh, but they remain confident in their medical staff. Uh, they need Tanner Pearson because he's an influence on that room. That's, uh, that's one thing that would go in their favor. But then that news conference uh, just went in like five different directions. One of them was on uh, the subject of head coach Bruce Boudreaux. And Jimmy Rutherford admitted that he's looked at different people around the league to possibly take Boudreaux's job. I've never heard that before where the coach admits, yeah, I've, I've, I've talked to some people. I've, I've, I've looked at different, uh, different options. Well, the guy is still, Coaching, like I understand that it has to happen because normally you got a guy that step in for the other coach. Uh, Randy Carlisle and Bruce Boudreaux had this, uh, like they took over from each other in Anaheim, and they were both in the city watching the other guy coach the team the night before they were going to take over the team. That happened twice, uh, so so it does happen. But I've never heard the manager go out and say it, or the president of hockey operations. Yeah, like logistically, you know what happens, but. The fact of the matter that Jim Rutherford's just so out in the open about it, obviously the writing's on the wall here for Bruce Boudreaux. Whether or not it happens before the season ends, um, I I just, clearly his days in Vancouver are numbered. Elliot Friedman reporting that my buddy uh, Rick Tockett uh, has been linked to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I don't yeah. know for sure, but I can confidently tell you that I agree with that. Is that is that a roundabout way? of getting my point across. I don't know for sure, but I can commonly say that I agree with that uh, With <laughs> when it comes to Rick Tockett uh, potentially joining the Vancouver Canucks or uh, there being a conversation with the Vancouver Canucks. If, if Jimmy Rutherford's talked to two or three people, one of them is Rick Tockett. I think you just made your point very broadly. Well done. Why wouldn't you let Bruce Boudreaux just coach out the rest of the year now? I don't know. Legitimately, I don't know. Like, if you're going to do it, just do it, right? If you're going to move on from Bruce Boudreaux, then move on and, and let him go about his business. But I don't really understand waiting a couple of weeks here, a couple of weeks there. Like, if you've made up your mind, just just do the thing. He, uh, <laughs> he said, Bruce is our coach, and that's the way it is today. 
Now, I'm putting a slightly different inflection <laughs> on that. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't be so tongue-in-cheek, but that's that's my game. Uh, he said, I'm, I'm not going to get into names, and this is even going back a couple of months, that I've called a few people to talk to people. And with it, it was clear that I'm uh, calling and talking. It, it was clear that I'm calling and I'm talking, but don't know what, whether or not we're going to make change. <laughs> that was clear, even with me babbling so all over the place. Uh, uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, are, are said to need major surgery now. That's uh, also from, mm-hmm. from Jim Rutherford. If, you, if you're a fan of that, boy, major surgery. After what you've already been through with all the cap, mm-hmm. cap-strapped uh, issues, that, uh, that doesn't leave you in a really good spot. Uh, the Canadians' number one pick, Yurhai uh, Slavkovsky, is placed on IR by the Montreal Canadiens uh, due to a lower body injury. Forward played uh, nine minutes in a two-on-one against the New York Rangers on Sunday. He has 10 points this season. Eh, underwhelming, 10 points for a first overall pick on pace for 20-ish. Uh, bad team. Mm-hmm. Uh Boy, what a difference between years, right? Between first overall, 20 points. What do you think Connor Bedard has next year? I, I think you're point slotting guy? him in to slotting him into what, like point of game player to, to slightly above that? Right? Really? So, wouldn't that be the expectation? Uh, I, I, that That's high for me. But I was thinking 40 to, to 50 for a rookie in the National Hockey 40 to 50 for I, Connor I, Bedard? I, I would take it. I would take it uh, a point per game. I'm all over it. But, uh, but yeah, uh, point per game player. That's uh, lofty expectations, and his agent would uh, love to hear from you uh, building him are, up like are, that. Are we not Are we not talking about Connor Bedard in the same way we've talked about Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid? We are. We are. Uh, I just so why would why would a point of game be that far off if if Bedard is is that good? I, I think for your first year in the National Hockey League, that would be really uh, high. I, I'll go with forty to fifty, and I'll stick with that. And we can revisit this, but we'll never revisit yeah. it because we forget. Uh, it's like when I leave the house and the dog thinks I've been gone for two minutes or eight hours. Uh, we have no concept of time. We'll just forget about this and it'll be uh, long forgotten. Evander Kane, activated off long-term injured reserve. Game time decision tonight. Oilers and Seattle Kraken. Uh, he's been out after his wrist was cut. His left wrist was cut by a skate blade in a game against Tampa Bay uh, and was expected to be out three to four months, but has progressed ahead of schedule. He suffered that injury in early November. So he's he's way ahead of schedule right now, and they need him. They're playing better. Two of the three wins uh, going into this one were against, I would say, competition that's not uh, going to be competing for a playoff spot. But this, uh, the game against uh, Vegas was a strong game. They showed me some stuff, especially in the third period, the way that they were able to control that game uh, and and have more chances on goal than Vegas did. And Vegas was pushing to, to get back into it and tie it up. Uh, that that was an impressive third period uh, in in on the strip the other night. So uh, we'll we'll see how far they uh, they can elevate their game uh, with Evander Kane back. Yeah, they've won three in a row, six three and one in their last ten games, and the Edmonton Oilers are starting to make a push 
into that, uh, not so much the wild card, but but pushing into maybe the top three in the Pacific Division. So um, getting Evander Kane back certainly helps because it takes a little bit of that pressure off of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Hyman to be the only guys that score. Um, they're get they're going to get some more secondary scoring with Evander Kane to to go along with what they've gotten recently out of Clem Costin and. You know, Matthias Yanmark had a really strong game in his return to Vegas as well. Pick your poison on tonight's game between Edmonton and Seattle. Seattle's a couple of points behind Vegas for first place. They yeah. win coming back off the road trip. Uh, if they win that game tonight coming off the road trip, they will be even. And then you've got charging Edmonton, which would, if they win in regulation uh, or win at all, uh, they would be five points back and, and climbing. It's, I, it's a tough one. The only th- the only thing you're rooting for is that somebody wins in regulation, right? You don't. Want you're at a, that stage now. Uh, you're you're yep. at that stage in in the National Hockey League season where you're hoping for uh, regulation wins. Yep. You know how, you know you, you, it, it does happen at some point, but when that happens, when you really start to pay attention to three point games and and uh, and how damaging they can be uh, to you. Uh, it, it might be that spot right now. It's it's jammed up. You got Vegas at uh, 58 points. Seattle and L.A. are two points back. And then Edmonton and Calgary are seven points back. Win there, and boy, it could be, you could have five teams within five points. Thank goodness for that 13-2 start by Vegas. Yeah, 100%. Yep, banking points early on. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks are the last place team in the Central Division, and they are a team that now has lost their goaltender again as Alex Daylock is in concussion protocol. Took a bump in practice. He He's had this before. He's been out already this year with concussion protocol and then took a bump in practice. That is really concerning for the young man. Yeah, I mean, concussions are no joke, and, and it's unfortunate for sure. And the the only thing that I have to say when it comes to, to goalies and, and anyone dealing with concussions is take whatever time you need to get yourself back and ready to go. And, and for the Chicago Blackhawks, it's um, doing right by their goaltender and making sure that he, he can return to full health if, if that's the case. Which which they are, uh, and, and that is yeah. great. But when, when you're just suffering a bump in practice and you're back mm-hmm. out, after playing a couple of games, uh, that really sends uh, warning signs all over the place. So we've got time for one more. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko could return from a hand injury soon. Uh, he blocked uh, a shot by Matt Dumba at the uh, on New Year's Eve, actually. And uh, he was thought to be in and around four weeks that he'd be reevaluated. We're, we're well ahead of that. He's been skating the last couple of days, and he was rotating in our practice on a line with Shen and Saad. So that's that's really good, and maybe maybe there's some hope right now for the St. Louis Blues to to revive their chances. Uh, maybe there's some hope for the St. Louis Blues to showcase Vlad Ter- Tarasenko before they trade him. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that that would be good for the team too, right? If they're yeah, if they yeah. want to be able to showcase him and he's healthy, and you, you don't want to trade for an injured player and broken hand, look at what Vancouver is dealing with with Tanner Pearson. Like, there's no guarantee, mm-hmm. there's no routine surgery as much as we call routine uh, surgery uh, the the norm when players go through broken foot or or hand or something like that. Uh, it, it can 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 jump up at you, so that might be the the case 
when it comes to the St. Louis Blues to try and get back into it. They're five points behind Minnesota for a top three spot in the Central Division. Those are your one-timers for this Tuesday, January, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So, obviously, we, we've beaten it to a bloody pulp. The Golden Knights taken on the, the Dallas Stars yesterday. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. I've only been in this business six years where, where I've covered an NHL franchise and been around the league. But there's very few people that I've come across in the six years that I like more than Pete DeBoer. Like, I just, I, I, I always found his sense of humor and his laugh and the way he talked to us when he'd come on the show and the way he talked to us and pressers, I just really, really enjoyed it. He liked coming on our show. I, I, and, you know, the thing is, I, I don't know these guys away from the rink, but from the from the guys I, I have met, there's not a lot of people that I've met that I like more than Pete. But he was, I, I went to his, his scrum yesterday. Did you guys hug it out? No, 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 bro no, hug, like no, back. no. I, I got to keep it professional, but he he was he was on the money yesterday, and I got to ask him one question, and and it was, you know, what are the range of emotions like for 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 this uh, when when you come back to a place like this? And he talked. He said, you know, our our thing with Dallas is when a guy has a big game and and they produce, they have to chug a beer after the game. Yeah. So it was on him yesterday. The, the the team said Pete had to chug a beer. And he said he, he kind of knew it was coming. So, so he wanted to practice the night before. I guess he still has his home here. And he said he wanted to practice the night before, but he found he realized he didn't have any beer in the house. So he had to go cold turkey after the game. And his quote was, nailed it, by the way. So, uh, yeah, Pete chugged the, chugged the beer after the game yesterday. And, and cold turkey, he just smashed it. He said he hadn't done one. In 30 years, he hadn't chugged a beer in 30 years, but uh, he, he was on point. So uh, Grew up near Hamilton. Yeah, is that, is that a big they, thing there? It wouldn't take long for him to get back in the club. Well, that's like a suburb. I, my I'm going to get in Hamilton, trouble here. Okay. That's, my that's wife's a suburb Hamilton, of Toronto, I can, right? I, I can say it. No, it's not a suburb of Toronto. It's his own city. It's like a suburb of no, Toronto. No, it's not. It's like, it's like Henderson be, to Vegas, right? No. No. <laughs> People no. Are Hamilton There's like now. four cities in between. How, how, what's the biggest city in between Toronto and Hamilton? Burlington. Suburb. Mississauga. That's where Nick Waugh. Nick, Nick, Nick Haig is from there, right? Um, he, he played, played there. there. Okay. He played there. All right. Suburb. Dundas. Never heard of it, but I'm sure it's a suburb. I think there's a city in Scotland called. Are you Dundas trying too. to argue with me about I'm, Southern no, Ontario I'm, no, geography? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just poking you. I'm poking the bear a little bit. I gave you a toonie or a loony. You did, yes. Did I not give you a loony? I, I, I got one, and it's a new one. It's from 2022, so it's it's less than a year old. Hopefully, so uh, passports tomorrow, boys. Bring them in. I got mine. <laughs> I can't believe. Oh no, Wallace, you can't get in the building tomorrow if you don't have a passport. Yeah. Speaking of that, That's you know right. what's weird, and and you've traveled to Europe, so you know, but. The, I, I went to Stockholm a couple of years ago, and I traveled through Iceland. I have two Iceland stamps on my passport, but none from Stockholm. None from get, Sweden. You, you, it's, you when, don't get a stamp every time you go. No, once you, but once you go, when you go through your po- original point of entry into Europe, that's where you get the stamp in from an EU country. So my There's original no direct flights to Sweden. Well, I just I, I flew Iceland Air. I went from San Francisco to. Keflavik Airport and then Keflavik to Stockholm and then Keflavik? That's what it's called, Keflavik, K E F. 
I did not know that. Yeah, that, uh, Reykjavik, uh, yeah that's one. the capital, but yeah. the airport is in a suburb. <laughs> <laughs> not, not Hamilton? <laughs> no. You... Does Hamilton have an airport? Yes. All right. Maybe it's, it's, it's not and a suburb. Guess what? It's cheaper and it's easier to fly out of than Toronto. Uh, who flies there? Hopefully not the airline that lost no. that kid from uh, Vancouver stick. No, no, no. no. <laughs> My family just, uh, brother-in-law and family just flew out of Hamilton. It's way easier so, than so flying So Mrs. Millard is, is from Hamilton? Yes. Ah. That's why she can't make fun of uh, where I'm from, Manitoba. Why, are you saying Hamilton is worse than, than Manitoba? I, did I not just say that? She can't make fun of where I'm from? I, I, I don't what know. What were you doing there? I'm trying to hit the out music. There we are. You're trying to talk <laughs> and debate with me <laughs> and one-up me with quick-wittedness yes, yes. and operate the board at the same time. <laughs> and I you were know. almost there. We had Adam Hill in here. Yeah, He's chirping at us. It's chaos. You, I, I'll tell you a story about Adam Hill. So he was at my first wedding. Really? And he actually caught the... Uh, the bouquet? No, no, not the bouquet. The nice. other thing. The oh, other thing. The garter. Yes. And he was he was quite embarrassed. Why didn't he drop it? I, I don't know. But he caught it. And he's never, he's never got married. Of it? No, no, I, I just didn't want to say it. Yeah. So why you wouldn't want to say know. garter a garter I don't know you were gonna tell the whole story <laughs> well, yeah but you weren't gonna say garter well he caught that thing yes well here's another <laughs> promo that thing it's all about the show which Chapman's involved in. <laughs>